Would you like a little more foreplay in your life? I mean, specifically brain foreplay. Well then, tune in to the most dynamic host, Dr. Rick Perea, performance psychologist to professional athletes and the stars. No failure is final and no topic is off limits. It's time to get real and get your checkup from the neck up here at Brain Foreplay on Mental Monday. Welcome everyone to Brain Foreplay, where we give you your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays. Welcome, and let's talk about stress, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Um, you know, I'm Dr. Rick Perea, PhD. PhD stands for Piled High and Deeper. Um, let's talk about the way we have viewed stress for the last hundred years in psychology. Psychology has traditionally looked at stress as pathology, meaning it's bad, it's hard on our brain, it's hard on our autonomic nervous system. And that's okay when you look at psychology and therapy in general as a place of correcting what's not right, let's say. I don't feel good emotionally, psychologically, so what am I going to do to get better, right? Okay. But, you know, in the last 20 years, psychology has begun to realize that why are we focusing so much on problems? Why are we focusing so much on pathology, things that don't feel good? What if we focus on when we feel great? What are we doing at those moments that we feel good and great and replicate them? And there, there came the advent of positive psychology. Positive psychology focuses on the positive aspects of thoughts, feelings, moods, and behaviors. Makes a lot of sense, right? Right. But there's a wrong in there too. When you're overly positive, at times you forget about the real feelings of melancholy, of sadness, that sometimes we need to feel. So positive psychology is germane, is relevant in our everyday life, but it's also important that we understand how to be sad at times, how to be melancholy, and that it's okay to feel that sadness, if you will. I, I really want us today to talk about one specific uh, psychological construct that we've talked about for years. And I want today to be the official day we begin to pull down the barriers of what we call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. For years, people have talked about PTSD in essentially being a traumatic effect on thoughts, feelings, mood, and behavior of any kind of event that comes up in memory and really, quote unquote, haunts us, triggers us, 
and makes us feel a bit uneasy, anxious, and even flat out um, stressed out and, and, and freaked out traumatically. My goal today is to talk about post-traumatic growth instead of thinking of post-traumatic stress disorder, meaning that stress and disorder all, always must follow post-trauma. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. We can begin to frame it as post-traumatic growth. In other words, growth, the requisite for growth is trauma. We need challenges. We need to leave our comfort zone. We need trauma in our life to a certain extent. Now, I'm not saying go seek out trauma. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying use your trauma, use your challenges, use your times in your life where you've been pushed to the limit and sometimes beyond and use that as fuel for growth and development. So it becomes post-traumatic growth as opposed to PTSD. We've even come up with an, uh, an, an additional term to accentuate PTSD and we call it C PTSD, complex. Not making fun of that, but I'm saying we're even going deeper into PTSD. My goal is as a psychologist, as a person, as a homeboy, as a whatever you want to put it, you know, whatever you want to fill in the blank, let's look at trauma as an opportunity for growth. My book right here called Decision Point, The Moment Leaders Are Born, it talks about using trauma and tragedy and turning it into fuel to make your life dynamic, really in a very interesting way. So I want us to understand that we have a choice when we experience trauma, when we experience those moments where it's like, what? What is going on in my life? There's this, 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 and this pressing on me emotionally and psychologically. And for some of us, we feel we can't go on. You know, 3,500 people will die today in the United States unexpectedly. And there's a good portion of those people that are leaving their life by choice, by suicide. And those people have lost hope. But that's not necessary. If we learn to reframe the way we look at trauma, the way we look at challenge, we can begin to focus on post-traumatic growth order. It's not a disorder. It's order. It's what we're going to do in the future. It focuses on being positive. It focuses on really shaping our thoughts every day so our thoughts don't shape us. But most importantly, it's a shift, shift, it's S-H-I-F-T, a shift in the way we think, the mindset, to be able to say, you know, I'm not going to allow that trauma to pull me down. In fact, I'm going to use that trauma to fuel me to become very more aware, cognizant of my thoughts, feelings, mood, and behavior. I have experienced it personally. My brother was murdered when I was seven years old. He was 18. On face value, it's like, oh my gosh, 
Wow, that's horrible. And it was, trust me. For many years, I viewed it as trauma, as deficit. But then I got to a point where I just didn't accept that anymore. And I said, there's another way to live. And that is through the beauty of trauma, by learning how to turn it into fuel, by making a choice every day. I'm going to help others. I'm going to enlighten others that they don't have to view trauma as only trauma. Then that begins to lift you. And then that becomes the wind beneath your wings so that you can take flight and be a helper and healer. For our review today, people, I want you to understand, you do not have to become a victim of your own negative thoughts. You do not have to become a victim of your own negative perceptions, your feelings, your mood, and essentially your behavior. You get to shape that every flipping day. You get to shape the way you react. We call it the 1090 rule. Life is 10% of what happens, 90% of how you react to it. Most people have that backwards. They'll say, oh my gosh, I lost my job. Oh my gosh, I got a divorce. That's not the important piece of it. The important piece is how do you react to it? Did you know that 80% of people that lose their job unexpectedly, okay? 80% of people, you ask them six months to a year later how they're doing, they say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced them to go out into the world and find something even better. People, 10% is what happens, 90% of how we react to it. Post-traumatic growth order. We must focus on it. We must sink our teeth into the reality of life and embrace trauma, embrace challenge, and turn it into something beautiful for you and those people around you. Hey, people, thank you for joining me here on Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays. <laughs> Don't forget to join us next week, same place, same time, to get your checkup from the NECA, fortified by foreplay. That's brain foreplay. And please remember to subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcasts.